Trust in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Happy music preceding serious business. Karen Cataline with you here on Spouting Off. Good to have you along. Um, if you're listening live, you are welcome to call in. We don't really push it because we don't get a lot of calls, but it, I, we know we have listeners. Maybe more after the fact than live at Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern. Nevertheless, the number... If you'd like to call in, you're listening at that time, and if you happen to be listening to the podcast and you want to try and tune in live, you can do that as well at www.wsmn.live. That's our flagship station here in Nashua, New Hampshire, wsmn.live. But the phone number is 603-816-1590, like the letters on the AM dial, and 95.3 FM. Um, well, never a dull moment in the uh, quest to remove Donald Trump illegally from uh, the election or from running in 2024. We're not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this first segment because we have our good friend Drew Allen coming in a little later in the hour to discuss all things about this. I have some thoughts. I'm sure he has tons of thoughts, and I'm looking forward to speaking to him about that. It is really amazing, though, when it becomes commonplace to watch the left brazenly and without any shame <laughs> prosecute their their top political opponent by saying that he made a, uh, a reservation for a meeting room in in Georgia, there's just you know, we're we're watching uh, an alternate universe. This isn't America, and uh, you know it can be pretty disconcerting. But I have made a quest to talk about good news wherever I can, to watch as people are uniting under, I guess, for the lack of a better term, emotion. Conservatives are not good at emotions. We tend to try and be rational and logical. The radical left, which now controls the Democrat Party, plays on people's emotions. So I was delighted yesterday when I, like many, many other conservatives of many stripes, got excited and thrilled to see a, a country boy out of Virginia suddenly taking off as if out of nowhere, wasn't quite. You probably have heard the name Oliver Anthony in the last couple of days. And, um, and, and he's one of several singers who are kind of following in the footsteps of the old liberal folk singers and um, political protesters of which the left was always, that was their domain. And here we have a whole new brand of political protester capturing, capturing not the ideas as much, although the ideas are partly there. It's not about giving long lectures, but just the emotion that people are feeling as they watch the loss of the rule of law, equal justice, blind justice, and, um, and, uh, and, horrible, um, for lack of a better term, attacks on our country, on all the things we hold dear, or most of them, the ones most powerful. So I have a couple of clips for you. You probably heard the song, and I ain't getting paid for this. <laughs> but Oliver, Oliver Anthony, before I play this clip, let me just real quickly say that out of nowhere, Oliver Anthony rocketed to number one on iTunes with Richmond, North of Richmond, which we'll play in just a minute. Folk song condemning D.C. elites. So as you know, the rich men, well, as you may know, 
rich men north of Rich Richmond. It kind of rolls off your tongue. Didn't roll off mine in that very moment. Uh, is a reference to the politicians in Washington. And uh, it not only is it the top one, top on iTunes, but he has four other tunes in the top 10. How about that? He has three songs in the top 10. So when he, he, this song went, quote, viral, and people started listening to it. Well, he had written a whole bunch of songs, and he happened to just have those in his back pocket already written. And so all of them are in the top 10, or at least those. And uh, he's taking off now. Let's just hear a bit of Oliver Anthony playing the very beginning or portion of Rich Men North of Richmond. Go. I've been selling my soul, working all day, over hours for bullshit. So I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world with an whole soul. These rich men know the rich men. Okay, that's about it. We just wanted to give you a little taste of it, and we did our best to bleep out the bad word because that's part of radio that we got to do. Uh, and, you know, you could hear the wailing. You can hear the, uh, how do I put it? Talk about flipping everything upside down. The emotion is raw. The establishment are the, and the radical left, and they're putting down rebellious folk songs that long for freedom and justice, go figure. Uh, and the fact that this song has taken off as it has is evidence that, as I said uh, to a talk show host just uh, last week, we're really a 70-30 country. And whatever 30, and these are just uh, speculations on my part, are trying desperately to make you think that people are behind these things like 12-year-olds having mastectomies and teaching children that there is no boy and there is no girl and that homosexuality is fixed and people are born with it, but heterosexuality is not and it's fluid. These are things that a good many people on the left themselves really don't believe. Uh, maybe the people on the bandwagon do, but these are designed to dismantle civil society. And uh, so many, so many things that we talk about here. But go figure, how fascinating is it that now it is the conservatives who are screaming out to the establishment, the establishment made up of the many of the former hippie liberals of the 60s and more, who were screaming about injustice, and now they're creating, many of them, injustice. The radical left is now the corrupt establishment, and they came to power by calling traditional America, some of which was corrupt, corrupt as the establishment. How about that? Anyway, we have one more clip of Oliver Anthony driving home from a giant concert in which his life is now never going to be the same. All I hope is that it doesn't go to his head. It sure doesn't look like it's going to. And so he does a little video in his car thanking people for all the support. I don't think there's a bad word in this one. Uh, it is in his song, and uh, <laughs> the left has never cared about bad words, you understand. Never. But we do around here because we care about uh, uh, certain standards that we try to aim up to. Anyway... Uh, let's hear what Oliver Anthony says that this work is all about. Go, cut to. It's a big part of the problem. 
we're all so disconnected from each other. We need to find a way to take this energy from this anomaly of a song, from this stupid guy that, I mean, look, I appreciate the compliments, but I'm no, I'm not a good musician. I hardly know my way around the guitar. My singing's okay. That's not what made this. It's you and, and the struggles in your life. In two miles. That's what's made this what it is. Take the interchange on the right. Find a way to start fixing those problems. Find a way to start having good conversations with people that live around you. Um, do you have a little more of that? Uh, when he says, or I'll just tell people, that's okay. Uh, he goes on to say, that's what this is about. Uh, I can't remember, but the end at 435 was what was, I thought, very powerful. He said, that's what this is about. It's about helping people feel like they are connected to one another. And um, that is so very important. Um, and you can tell, first of all, he has a marvelous voice. I, having been in the um, you know, musical comedy world anyway, he has a, an honest, raw sort of voice. But what, and I must just reiterate that it's the emotion of the song that is so rare. I mean, we can talk all day long on conservative talk radio or whatever. We hope we continue to have that. <laughs> right protected uh, but we are always trying to intellectualize and think about and make a better argument uh, I think what Oliver Anthony captures more than anything else is that people are really hurting out there and we don't realize how many people from the inflation from the massive amount of crime and lawlessness that has just taken over in the last couple of years of this administration, uh, willfully, rampantly, and with no remorse at all. I was just listening right before this about uh, you know how great Kamala Harris thinks uh, that administration has done. It's all smoke and mirrors, isn't it? Well, we have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our first guest. And uh, it's a little bit about the ASPCA. Have you ever seen those midnight commercials? on the ASPCA designed to uh, pull at your heartstrings. We're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment after the break. You're listening to Spouting Off. I'm Karen Cataline. Don't go away. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. Yikes! 
So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Spouting Off with Karen Catalina will return in a moment. The Reading Foundation provides evaluation and tutorial programs based upon the Orton-Gillingham philosophy of learning, based upon the study of language, how children acquire language, and the mechanisms involved in learning. All the learning pathways of the brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile, are addressed and strengthened to build a strong foundation for the acquisition of reading skills. If you are interested in learning more, please contact the Reading Foundation for more information. The Reading Foundation is at 10 Northern Boulevard, Unit 19, Amherst, New Hampshire, 03031. Or you can email us at readingfoundation underscore rf at yahoo.com. And of course, you can call anytime at 603-882-0992. The Reading Foundation, Amherst, New Hampshire. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Well, it's not Oliver Anthony, but it is good bumper music as well as the theme from Carmen. Thank you for staying with us. I'm Karen Cataline. This is Spouting Off. Well, our very first guest for this hour is Jack Hubbard, executive director and leader in the animal welfare and agricultural space with over 15 years of experience providing advice and counsel to CEOs and senior executives on key industry issues. Uh, As executive director of Center for the Environment and Welfare, Jack leverages his firsthand experience in animal welfare to navigate today's complex issues and blow the whistle on bad actors and extremist groups. Welcome Jack Hubbard to Spouting Off. So good to have you today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, well, you know, I have heard for a fairly long time now that the ASPCA and those commercials with that country singer, forget her name, where it's so painful you can't even watch. They're so, they just scream at, you know, anybody who loves animals or just has a heart at all. It, it, it um, I've even heard comics talk about those commercials and and that the reality is that the ASPCA doesn't represent local SPCAs around the country and they're doing something really weird with the money they're not good actors talk about this for all of us and help us understand because it just another corrupt thing that we have to deal with that's just heartbreaking really Yeah, well, you know a lot more, which is not surprising, than the general public. Our polling suggests that the general public, by a margin of 80%, wrongly believes that the ASPCA operates local shelters and SPCAs. The fact of the matter is that the ASPCA is unaffiliated with local SPCAs and, and local shelters and rescues. So if you have an SPCA in your neighborhood or your state, they are not a subsidiary or a satellite operation of the national ASPCA. The national ASPCA is based in New York City, where they operate one shelter in Manhattan. Our researchers dug into their publicly available tax returns and discovered that this organization that runs many of the sad advertisements that you referenced with the singer Sarah McLachlan that are absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, God. I have to turn it off, and then I feel bad. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Well, they're they're sitting on $300 million of investment. Wow. So you see that ad, and they're begging you for money. 
saying, give me your money because we urgently need to help animals, and yet they're sitting there with a $300 million investment account. We found out that they have $11 million in offshore Caribbean funds and investments, and that they pay their CEO, the top dog, you know, the boss, his name is Matt, they pay him nearly $1 million a year. This is a charity, right? They only give 2% of their overall budget to local shelters. 2%? That's astonishing. 2% for all those commercials. Go ahead. Sorry. It's just amazing. the, The amount of money being spent on commercials is massive, and... We are really concerned about this, and I'll tell you, so we've launched this campaign to educate the public. We are doing nothing other than sharing the facts about this organization with animal lovers and donors, and we are encouraging those that really want to help cats and dogs in their own communities to give to your local shelter, not the national groups, because the local shelters are some of the biggest fans of our educational efforts because they are underfunded. Many times they rely on volunteer labor, and they are operating hands-on animal shelters in the local community. And they're the ones that really need the help, not people with million-dollar salaries. Now, Jack, um, I have known, I'm not sure how I knew, but I've just known that there's an awful lot of elderly people who uh, may not have heirs. Maybe they don't have children. Maybe they're on the the outs with their children. And they leave huge sums of money to the ASPCA. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. These national organizations have very sophisticated and robust will, estate, and bequest programs where they are constantly actively soliciting older individuals to name them in their will. Yep. The problem is that there, there's such a tremendous amount of confusion in the animal space that while an el- elderly person may be intending to leave their estate or financial resources to their local shelter and their local community, if you fill out the wrong information with your attorney or, or in your will, you may end up sending your legacy and your check to executives in a New York yeah. City, you know, building. To pad his million-dollar salary, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just yeah. not It's not right. And I'll tell you, when we <laughs> yes. share this with donors, they are outraged. Why shouldn't they be? Here's the really big $300 million question. What do they spend that money on, and who's it going to? Uh, it, it's not just going to a one, one, one million dollar salary CEO. Where's that money going? What are they doing with it? Are they uh, doing politics with it? Does anybody know? Sure, sure. So uh, they have, I believe, the number is two hundred and fifty nine individuals on staff that make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Hmm. They spend a large amount of their budget on fundraising, uh, putting those television ads on TV, the direct mail pieces, the robocalls, that cost a fortune. This, they've almost become factory fundraisers in many ways, trying to raise all this money and, and keep everything funded. The other thing we've seen is that the organization has taken on a more radical political point of view where they are increasingly attacking uh, farmers in the United States who raise animals for food. They've almost Ding, 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 ding. I knew it. I didn't read about it. I just had that hunch, man. I just had the hunch. Go ahead. Well, they're actually pushing on Capitol Hill uh, language to be inserted and hijack the farm bill where they're asking for a ban on certain large farming operations in the United States in the year 2040. So mm-hmm. they're essentially trying to put anybody who's raising animals on a large scale 
uh, to feed this country. And, and, and I'll tell you, when you take a step back and look at our country's supply chain and our food system, we're the envy of the world. We have the most abundant, affordable, and nutritious and safe food system compared to anywhere else. And we have super, super affordable prices compared to places like Europe, where the price of meat is through the roof compared to the United States. And these folks are trying to essentially drive up the cost and prices for anybody who wants a hamburger or a chicken breast. Jack, is it unrealistic to question, I don't know the answer to this, this is speculation, but for your investigation, I want to hear more about what you're doing and how you do it. But is it unrealistic to wonder whether they're getting involved in this anti-meat uh, idea and shutting down people's eating of meat uh, to protect themselves from any kind of uh, scrutiny by the current administration they're ca carrying their water for. We all know that the radical left hates meat eaters of any kind, ranchers, farmers, uh, and they want everybody to eat bugs. So if they're, if they're using their goodwill, which we hope is going down given what you have uh, exposed, that carries the water for their political agenda, for the left's political agenda. Am I wrong? You know, it, it's an interesting point that you raised, and you mentioned eat bugs. Uh, I've seen all of those articles, but I think there's something actually different at play. We're What's seeing that? a number of the animal rights organizations and real far-left and elitist, um, you know, kingmakers of the country investing and promoting something called lab-grown meat. Yep. And that's right. It, the the USDA recently gave it the green light. And what consumers need to know is there's a group of very wealthy people that have invested billions of dollars into this space and they're claiming that this is the future that we don't need to raise animals for food anymore that it's going to save the planet. But what they don't necessarily tell you is that this lab-grown meat that they are pushing, which will put a lot of farmers out of business, mm -hmm. essentially utilizes something called immortalized cells. These What's are that? cells, they behave almost like a cancer or a tumor in that they replicate in perpetuity. Hmm. They're grown in stainless steel vats, oh and God. they want to essentially disrupt the entire farming community right, uh, all across this country and serve everybody this lab-grown food. But I'm convinced that when the public finds out the yuck factor is going to be too great to be eating immortalized cells that replicate like a cancer or a tumor and it, then it, end up on your plate. Yeah, so the, all these things uh, are somehow interrelated, and we're always well after the fact when we find out these things are interrelated. Uh, but especially the um, the malicious nature of all this, that's what I think is most disturbing. Under the guise of we want to help you and we want to help, 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 is a kind of a sinister quality uh, that it, 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 what you're describing sounds like Soylent Green, for heaven's sake. Well, yeah, they, they don't want to help you. They want to tell you what to eat. They want to tell you what you can't eat. They want you to donate to their charities so that they can pursue their radical agenda. And mm -hmm. they don't want you to ask any questions. And when groups like ours come out and publicize this information widely, they become very distraught because they have a little yeah. bit of a messiah complex that they believe they're saving the world. Now we're saying, hold on, time out. You uh -huh. need to shoot straight with your donors. Tell them how, you, how you're spending their money. Explain to them that you're not affiliated with local shelters. In fact, a petition on change.org now has over 80,000 signatures. And change.org is pretty left-leaning. Wow. Demanding that the ASPCA 
immediately distributed $300 million of investments to local shelters and that they cut their CEO's salary in half. Well, that's and good to know. You mean there are some liberals who are, uh, who are in support of this. That's great. Speaking of fundraising, we only have a couple minutes left. Do you fundraise for the work you do? And if people would like to learn more, tell them uh, about that, how they can connect and learn more about your work. You know, the only thing we're encouraging people to do is to give to their local shelter. We're not asking for your money. We simply want to tell you that if you want to help cats and dogs, please do so by giving local. If you'd like to learn more about our campaign, see our research papers, uh, some of the advertisements that we've been running nationally, you can visit the website environmentandwelfare.com. That's environmentandwelfare.com. You know what, Jack? That is so ethical and so much integrity that we don't often see where people aren't raising or making money or profiting on the work that they're doing. If I may ask, how do you guys, how are you supported? Are you a 501c3? What? You know, we're a think tank and we've essentially, you know, I dedicated my life, believe it or not, I worked in the humane movement for seven years. Uh, And I care deeply about animals. And this is really a passion project. We have some folks Uh, behind the scenes who are supporting what we do to help us get the word out and we're appreciative of that we don't go out you know yelling the names of who's supporting us because frankly some of these organizations uh, like PETA Mm. and others are so radical and so nasty that they're always looking to target someone so um, we're going to keep up the good fight we're going to keep driving dollars to local yes. shelters, and we just want folks to give local in their local community. Jack Hubbard. A- and I may say that what demagoguery it is to use the most helpless, the most defensive, like it used to be, it's for the children. Now you see what they're really doing to children. It's for the animals, and you see what they're really doing to animals. You know, case in point, uh, Fauci and Beagles, you know? It just, it's right. so cynical what we are watching it just it just uh, harms the soul and you really encourage you're you're uh, a bright light and you seem like a real straight shooter jack hubbard thank you so much for joining us we appreciate your time and your work thank you great well uh you know and these are the opinions you don't get from the propaganda media because well they don't want you to know do they We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Drew Allen with us to talk about the endless indictments of Donald Trump. Don't go away. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadolin. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. 
From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. that music kind of started to show itself there. <laughs> Thank you, Art, for the music. And welcome back to Spouting Off. I'm your happy host, Karen Cataline. Always slightly concerned, not just happy, but happy and concerned. Our next guest is someone I haven't talked to in a long time. So delighted that he's on the boards for today. You know him. His name is Drew Allen. He's the Millennial Minister of Truth, and each week he makes new converts to the cause of liberty, freedom, and conservatism with his great blend of humor, brilliance, and expert analysis of the most important events of, in America. And of course, nothing's going on. Hi, Drew Allen. So good to talk to you. It's been too long. Hey, friend. It's good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know... At least we're not bored, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that that's definitely uh, true. We're not we're not bored at all. Uh, bored. You know, the struggle is, you know, maintaining uh, your composure right amidst this firestorm that's been unleashed against the United States of America by the Democrats. I don't even know if 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 composure is required at this point. Although I'm not recommending jumping up and down with your hair on fire. I'm going to just tell you, I, I postponed my very short comments about the endless, brazen, and shameless. I mean, they're just, they have no shame. It's like impeaching somebody when they're fully out of office. They have no shame. I'm going to give you my take, and I'm going to let you run with it. Uh, the message could not be clearer. They are putting on display for all to see that no one, is safe from political persecution or prosecution if they dare to oppose or even disagree with their openly corrupt and lawless administration. Only a lawless administration would so brazenly do this. Your turn. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, they have declared war on their political opponents and enemies, in their opinion. And what's what's scary, of course, is they're daring us to do anything about it. I mean, the message is we are lawless, we are tyrants, and we're only going to get that much worse because nothing has happened to us. You can't touch us. You can't do anything to us because we are the law. We control the law, and it's all rigged. And uh, it's a dangerous prospect. I would bring your attention because, look, I mean, th th this first of this situation – People need to understand the context historically about how severe it really is. I mean, this is the third real test we've had in America. We had the American Revolution, okay? We had a civil war, and this is on par with that. Never before in our history has a U.S. president been indicted uh, for any crimes. And that includes, he wasn't a U.S. president, but that includes even General Robert E. Lee, who, of course, mm -hmm. was a traitor by definition. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, he actually was indicted by a grand jury, and then they let him off and dropped all the charges because they thought it would uh, harm the country to, to go forward with that. 
so they want to, of course, put Trump in prison. And, uh, you know, what's scary to me, two things. One, what they're trying to take away from the American people is our peaceful means for enacting change, right, through the democratic process, as they call it, right, through our, our uh, constitutional republic, uh, through, through all of that. So, you know, it's really scary to me because they're, they're eliminating that from uh, – it's not at our disposal is essentially what they're trying to do. But secondarily, it's actually the Democrats who are violent. It's the Democrats who are very, very dangerous. I'm very scared about 2024. I think apart from people who have seen combat, it'll be the most dangerous period in most of our lives, uh, given what the Democrats are capable of. Uh, you know, the University of Chicago just did a poll, or a study, I should say, actually, and they determined that 30 million Americans supported violence, uh, violence to prevent Trump from uh, becoming president again. So those are, those are left-wing Democrats, 30 million is no small number, but that's how many of them think that violence is warranted to prevent Trump's uh, re-election. So yes. those are scary and, numbers. And, Drew, it, we have to say, I know we don't have to say it, but the inflaming of radical leftists in believing with one indictment after another, which they believe, of course, makes them guilty because they never look beyond the indictment or the headline, the inflaming of these people constantly for seven years, uh, despite the facts on the ground, despite what actually life felt like under Trump, uh, it doesn't surprise me that there are 30 million, which is, by the way, still a much smaller number than people think it's a 50-50 country. I do not. I believe it's more of a 70-30 country with only a small percentage, you know, 30 million out of that's 10% out of 300 plus million. Uh, that being said, the media and the constant, constant whipping people up into a frenzy is why you have people ready uh, to do violence, isn't it? Well, we've, we've seen what's happened. Look, you know, the, the media, uh, well, recently, they, they, they skipped over it pretty quick, but they were focused on the FBI assassination of that gentleman who lived in Provo, Utah, uh, he had certainly made you know uh, threats against President Biden. He made threats even against the FBI. That's true, uh, but you know, free speech, even those threats. I mean, if they're not corroborated and proven to be, uh, you know, anything to them, I mean, that goes with free speech. You can say it's not smart, but anyway, the FBI, of course, showed up at his house at 6:15 and let off a flashbang grenade and shot him. They said he he was armed and so on and so forth, but you know. Uh, they, they want to point to that as if, you know, the right is so violent and so on and so forth. But, you know, where was the FBI when it came to the uh, individual who, the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up the congressional Republicans who were practicing on the baseball field, right? They didn't show up at his house despite him uh, posting the same kind of content. Um, you know, and we have example after example of actual Democrat-led violence. I mean, look, I mean, they have whole organizations devoted to it, whether it's Antifa or BLM. The FBI is, has been radicalized. It's turned into the uh, stormtroopers here of the Democrat Party. Uh, I mean, it's really scary. And, of course, you know, again, you know, what is our recourse? You know, I, I bring, everyone should read uh, Abraham Lincoln's Lyceum Address. Twenty years before the Civil War, he talked to a bunch of uh, young, this young boys club about the, what was happening in the country, and basically he predicted civil war. He predicted this kind of thing, this anarchy that was going to take place, because nobody was uh, abiding by the Constitution of the law. You had mobocratic rule sweeping across the country, and his point was, you know, even peace-loving Americans, right, those people who don't want any violence, who are really good, who love the Constitution, love this country, uh, well, you know, when they start looking around them and see that the government is not coming to defend the people who are being attacked, and in fact the government is behind the attacks, where are they supposed to turn for, for justice? And that question should, should raise alarm for Americans because that's kind of where we're headed right now. Well, and uh, my, uh, my little slogan is the uh, arsonists are in charge of the fire brigade. And that has been true for a very long time. When they uh, are at the reins of power, uh, I believe that's one of the reasons way back around January 6th, they were, <laughs> to coin a phrase, trumping up the fear quotient that all these violent, terrible people were going to come and uh, certainly not peacefully protest. And uh, that was so that they could drum up a justification for turning 
the Congress and the grounds around there into like a military zone. Remember what it looked like? It was it was oh, gated off. Oh, yeah. It was fenced off. It was all for public consumption to tell you, you better not protest, even verbally. Um, that's what the message seems to be. Let's talk about this, if I may. Let me just shift gears a bit. Same subject. Um, apparently, the Fulton County Court published indictments before the grand jury even convened to indict. And then... The indictments were word for word what they what was leaked. Uh, talk about that. Not only are they corrupt, but they're incompetent and corrupt. What what say you? Well, I think that was a really amazing uh, coincidence, if you will. It was kind of beautiful because it it proved what a show trial all of this has been. It proved the corruption of the Justice Department, the, 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 I mean, the disintegration of the grand jury system itself. I mean, they have bastardized it completely. Of course, they seized it because they realized it was a tool they could use uh, in order to achieve these uh, illegitimate ends. Uh, I mean, that, that, that said everything we need to know. And it was amazing. As you said, it was published uh, via the official Fulton County Court uh, to their website. And the excuse they gave afterwards, well, they gave a warning. They said, you know, beware of these... Uh, you know, fictitious document that's floating around. Fictitious document floating. It wasn't if, fictitious you know, some, at all. Some Russians put it out. It <laughs> came from you, from the court. And then, of course, those are the very indictments that you got yeah. signed off on at midnight, you know, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is crazy. There's not yeah. a single crime that Trump has actually committed in any of these indictments, whether it's this or the Mar-a-Lago documents or no, what yes. happened in that yeah. sham uh, I can't remember her name. I call her Chutney because it's easy to remember. But, you know, uh, the I Judge know. Chutney in uh in dc there the obama uh, lover you think they're well, throwing the book at him i mean you think uh, apparently one of the the uh charges of racketeering is that he made an appointment for a meeting room in a hotel that's a crime now don't you know to do that exactly you can't make an appointment crimes. yeah that's racketeering it's proof positive i mean in light of that and in light of open taking a bribe from an enemy country, enriching yourself by the millions. Um, this is what, I'm, what I said. It's in your face. It is what you said. See, you, nah, 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 nah. We're going to do things that are so outrageous, and you're going to have your hair on fire, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. I think that's the message, don't you? It is, and they're desperate. They're desperate. You know, they, they've been guilty of crime since, I mean, before 2016, but certainly 2016 with the Trump-Russia collusion coup, which is what it was. And they've been covering their tracks ever since with Joe Biden and what he did uh, with Burisma, but also in China, but with his son. I mean, taking in $20 million at least uh, from foreign en enemy uh, nations or entities. Uh, it's all a cover-up because they're scared. Uh, with, with all respect, do you really done. think they're desperate? Do you think they're running scared? They're not acting like they're scared of anything. Well, I, of course they're not acting like they're scared. But I think, that, I mean, they certainly are. I mean, there's a, there's a fear component to this that's driving it all because they're trying to cover up their tracks. I mean, if you think about quid pro quo, uh, you know, with, with Trump, he asked a legitimate question, and, you know, to look, he asked the, uh, you know, uh, Zelensky to look into something that we know is now true, which is corruption. Why did, why was Victor Shokin fired by uh, you, and what was Joe Biden's involvement? And we know why now there was a bribery. But what, how did they respond to that? It wasn't normal. They impeached him over that, over that phone call, mm -hmm. right? So, right. you know, they tried to put up the guardrails. Like, this Whatever is they impeach Trump for is what they are most guilty of themselves. It, it seems Bingo. like that again. Whatever they attack him with, corruption, collusion, all of those things were going on. And there's video of it. We only have a few minutes. I could talk to you for two hours, Drew Allen. Uh, I want to mention what could be the good news and, and want to get your thoughts about it. Doesn't this allow, I don't know what they call it, discovery. I'm not an attorney. Doesn't this allow Trump to actually bring the case uh, and and put on the evidence about possible fraud in the 2020 election and that it wasn't collusion, that he was investigating things that are clearly questionable. 
It does allow that prospect. Uh, with the media in control, um, I don't know how much good it does. I mean, certainly it's, it's a positive. There's nothing negative about that. I mean, none of this should be happening in the first place. But, you know, the irony of this, too, is, you know, a lot of those studies that uh, – so Donald Trump, when he talked about, you know, different uh, uh, voter fraud and so on and so forth in, in Atlanta, Georgia, he was actually – he didn't pull those numbers out of thin air. He was actually citing um, a study that was that was – approved, confirmed, conducted by uh, a couple of PhDs. So, you know, these are all legitimate concerns. They want you to pretend like you're just making this stuff up. None you of know, it even up. if, here's the point, forgive me to just jumping in here, but even if it, they weren't legitimate concerns, does that mean you're not allowed to bring an illegitimate concern? Is that now the, uh, the uh, litmus test? No, the litmus test for free speech is you can say the moon is made of green cheese, can't you? I mean, since when are are you supposed to be scrutinized as to whether other people agree or disagree with your crazy notions, whether they're crazy or not? Well, and that, that encapsulates what you said, the problem with this in a nutshell, right? I mean, all these grand juries, what they're doing is criminalizing certain political speech, right? So, yeah. you know, th- their, their argument time and time again is, well, you know, some people told Trump that they believed that the election wasn't rigged, yeah. and he listened to these other people that said it was, right. you know? Right. So, yeah, spot yeah. on as usual, Karen. Well, Drew, take the last minute to tell us what you're up to. Plug your show and how people can find you on the uh, ubiquitous Internet. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, if you're on Twitter, which I don't really recommend, it's Drew Thomas Allen. But uh, I actually I got the, the uh, book art for my book that's coming out roughly October 17th. I got it sent to me by the publisher today. It looks great. Um, I'm going through, um, you know, this week and making the final just uh, edits, you know, based on what my, my publisher suggested. So the book's coming out uh, relatively soon. Are you at liberty to tell a, us the name of the book? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It's called America's Last Stand. Oh. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? And oh it's, uh, yeah, I hope everyone will read it, you know, because, you know, may, uh, there are a lot of points in there. Obviously, you know, it's simply, were you, was your life better off under the Trump presidency or the Biden presidency? That, that, that question alone, if you answer it objectively, there's no reason you wouldn't vote for Trump again, for example, if he's the nominee. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but believe all the propaganda from people who uh, turn the country into this. Uh, Drew Allen, thank you so much for joining us. You're always a pleasure. Uh, Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Karen. Talk to you. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this edition of Spouting Off. Tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday when there will be a lot, a lot to spout off about here on Spouting Off.